Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Healthy Gut Podcast with Rebecca Coombs, the place where you can learn how to achieve a happy, healthy gut. Here's what's coming up on today's show. Welcome to episode 78 of the Healthy Gut Podcast. Today's episode is a little different. I've heard from many of you who have said you're interested in the SIBO coaching program, but you don't really know what it's like. So today I'm sharing with you one of my coaching webinars. We've just started the Get Ready for the Holidays coaching program as part of the SIBO coaching program. And I thought it would be really great to share the very first uh, webinar with you. Now, there's still time to join if you are interested in getting the support you need to make your holidays the best yet. Over the next 12 weeks, we will be focusing on how to set yourself up to have a really successful holiday period. Now that's for things like Thanksgiving and Christmas and any other holiday that you do celebrate over this end of year period. We will be talking about how we plan for success, how we manage flares. I'll be sharing some really fun and live and interactive cooking classes. We'll be doing some meal planning and menu planning. Everything that you need to have a really successful Thanksgiving, Christmas and whatever else it is that you celebrate. On today's podcast and webinar, it is a recorded webinar, so you can actually watch along. Now, I do have some fantastic slides that go along with the session, and there's a lot that you can do to implement today to even just get yourself started, regardless of whether you join the Getting Ready for the Holidays SIBO coaching program or not. So do head to thehealthygut.com forward slash podcast and you will see today's episode there. There's also a link to watch the video. So I really encourage you to do that because then you get the full experience of what it's like as a member of the SIBO coaching program. Now we have weekly webinars where we do a series of educational topics where we talk about a specific topic that's relevant to getting ready for the holidays. We also also have fantastic group calls and they're fantastic for when you need to brainstorm a challenge, an idea, a situation that you've got going at currently. Not only do you have myself in the group coaching calls, but you also have other members of the SIBO coaching program who can also share their tips, tricks and advice on what works for them. 
And then we also have these brand new SIBO Sherpa calls. We have a SIBO Sherpa with us now, and that is somebody that has been through the program, has been with me from the start actually, has implemented everything around the five key pillars to health, has built her own dream team of health professionals and has transformed her health. From where she was when I first met her to where she is today, it's a different person. She's got complex and chronic conditions, not, not just SIBO, but other conditions as well. And she really is a testament to where you can get with your health despite feeling completely overwhelmed when you start. So we have SIBO Sherpa sessions once a month with Sharon Treadgold, and you will have heard Sharon on some of my previous podcasts as well. And she is there to help Sherpa you up the mountain of SIBO. Now, don't forget that you can also get the full transcription from today's show and any other episode in season two. All you need to do is become a member of the Healthy Gut Podcast. It's absolutely free to join. It means that you get notified the moment a podcast airs and you get exclusive access to the full transcriptions. These transcriptions are great when you want to read along. Quite often we're talking about some quite complex and medical uh, topics and you can make notes on them and it also helps for you to remember the content particularly those days when brain fog is bad I know what that's like so just head to the healthygut.com forward slash podcast you'll see the box where you can sign up as a member and you will automatically get uh, added to our wonderful and interactive community of podcast members and you'll get access to the full transcriptions and also exclusive specials and offers to the podcast community. So I hope you enjoy today's episode on getting ready for the holidays. If you would like to join the SIBO coaching program and be, have the most successful holiday season yet, there is still time. If you join today, not only will you get access to all of the amazing content over the next 12 weeks, but you will also have a special offer where I will give you a copy of every single ebook and meal plan that I have produced. So that gives you over 200 amazing recipes that you can enjoy over the holiday season. And that's worth a value of over $135. So if you sign up, you will get access to that. And I really look forward to sharing those uh, recipes with you. Enjoy today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the SIBO coaching program. And today we're going to be talking all about getting ready for the holidays. I can't quite believe that the holidays are almost upon us. It's just madness. <laughs> so let's get into today's presentation. So we're going to be talking about how you can get ready for the holidays. We've got Thanksgiving only uh, eight weeks away in the States, although the Canadian Thanksgiving is almost upon us. And Christmas is only 13 weeks away. Oh, are you ready? How are you feeling when it comes to the Christmas and holiday season? Pop in the chat box and let me know if you're feeling ready for it, if you can't quite believe that it is here again. 
I know I can't quite fathom the fact that we are almost at the end of 2018. Honestly, where has this year gone? It is absolutely scary. So let me know, I, how are you feeling about the holiday season? Does the holiday season mean much for you? Is it a big thing in your family? Uh, is it not much at all? I know some families don't really celebrate the holidays. Other people go absolutely all out. Uh, my mum loves Christmas. We call her Mrs. Christmas. She glitter bombs the house. It is covered from front door to back door in tinsel and Christmas decorations she just loves the holiday season whereas my partner is a real bar humbug he doesn't really like it or believe in it and uh it's a pretty quiet affair if he had his way so um yeah let me know in the chat box uh how you feel about christmas Okay, so the next 12 weeks of the SIBO coaching program are going to be really focused on getting ready for the holidays. So we will have a really kind of focused and very thorough preparation so that you can go into the holidays feeling like you've totally got this and that it is not, it is not going to be feeling overwhelming like it can when you're new to SIBO or when you're feeling like you're just really not on top of your seatboat. So some of the things we're going to be covering are mindset. Mindset is obviously such an important factor when it comes to managing these really busy, often stressful, often quite social situations as we can experience in the holidays. We'll be talking about goal setting and how you go about setting your goals and what those goals might be. Now, what they are for me, they'll be different for you. And there's no right or wrong goals. It's just really around how do you set them and why they're so important. Meal planning is a really important piece uh, around the holidays there's generally a lot of food. We can often be eating out or going to other people's houses. We can often be entertaining a lot ourselves. So I find meal planning is a really key component to successfully navigating the holiday season. And I'll be sharing with you some really handy tips and tricks on how I do my meal planning and also working with you around your specific requirements and supporting you to develop some really great and robust meal plans. We've got two really fun cooking classes coming up. We've got a Thanksgiving cooking class and then we've got a Christmas cooking class. This is your opportunity to ask me to come up with some SIBO-friendly recipes that you would like to be eating for Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other holiday that you celebrate at this time of year. So I really encourage you to ask me for some recipes and I really look forward to sharing a SIBO-fired version of them and along with our cooking classes obviously there will be recipes and you will get access to these exclusive recipes before anybody else in the world does so they will be written specifically for um, everybody that's in the SIBO coaching program and you will get access to them before I share them more broadly with the rest of the SIBO community. We'll also be talking about how you manage flares and other reactions at this time of year, given that you are often eating out a lot more um, or you may be eating at other people's houses. 
there can be times where you eat some food that might cause a reaction. So what do we do about that? How do we handle it? Not only how do we handle it physically, but how do we handle it psychologically? Because it can be quite stressful when we don't feel well, particularly if we've been doing all right prior to the holiday season. And of course, we will have our fun, live and interactive group coaching sessions. This is where we will be able to really dive into topics that are really pertinent and relevant to you at that moment in time. So it may be that you've got an event coming up and you're feeling overwhelmed by it and you'd like to brainstorm how you can survive that event and not only survive, but thrive and have a wonderful time at it. You may be having some challenges with family members, for instance. You might have a mother-in-law that just does not want to believe in SIBO or your uh, current nutritional protocol, and they may be wanting to give you food that you know will make you feel quite sick. So we can totally work through, you know, how would you manage a situation like that? Maybe you're traveling. So we'll be talking about how to travel with SIBO. And these group coaching sessions are really your opportunity to not only ask myself questions, but ask other members of the SIBO coaching program. So let's just have a think about what health actually is. So it's defined as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not just the absence of disease. And I think this is really important for us to remember as we go into the holiday season that we can get quite fixated on the food aspect and our symptoms over the holidays and we can completely forget about our mind and the body as well, as well as the social connections. So we'll be talking a bit today and we'll be talking more over the next 12 weeks around the importance of social connections and where we rate that in the importance scale in our whole well-being and health spectrum because social connection can actually help us to become well again SIBO can be very isolating and one of the great things at this time of year is that it can be way more social than the rest of the year. So that can be a really good positive and um, it's how we look at it rather than just thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to eat that food? Think about, well, how does the social connection nourish you? How does our mental state nourish us? Do we need to plan to do some work around our mental state for the holiday season? And let's not forget about the importance of physical activity as well. Moving our body is so key to regaining our health. So it's not just about food. As we go through the holiday season, we'll be really thinking about the five key pillars to health, which are awareness, nutrition, movement, mindset, and lifestyle. And on today's session, we're talking a lot about awareness. Our nutrition is obviously something we dive into a lot around the holidays. We're looking for ways that we can modify recipes so that we can still have delicious and SIBO-friendly meals. Like I was just saying, movement is really important at this time of year, particularly if we are going out and socialising more, perhaps eating food that we don't normally eat. Moving the body can really help to aid the digestion and the movement of food through the gut. Our mindset is such, such an important piece at this time of year. 
how we think and how we prepare ourselves for going into the holidays can really set us up for success or failure. And the way that we manage our lifestyle, which is the fifth key pillar of health, and that is around our stress management, our sleep, our relationships, what we're doing with our work at this time of year. So we'll be touching on all five key pillars of health as we go through the Getting Ready for the Holidays SIBO coaching program. We've also got something really exciting uh, coming to you over the next 12 weeks. And we have a new role at the Healthy Gut in the SIBO coaching program, and that is our SIBO Sherpa. Now, this is someone that helps guide you up the mountain of SIBO. They've been there, they've done it before, they've not only uh, experienced SIBO themselves, but they've also been through the program. They've been in the program for a long time, so they know what it's like to be a member of the Healthy Gut program, to live and breathe it, to apply the learnings from the program, and to also achieve success. Now, it doesn't mean that this person is necessarily at the end of their goal, but they are well and truly along it. Uh, they're strong, they've got a lot of experience, and they're there to help sherpa you through your own SIBO journey and really supporting me. And our SIBO Sherpa is Sharon, Sharon Shredgold, who has been with me since the first day of the SIBO coaching program. And one of the reasons why Sharon has joined as the SIBO Sherpa is, like I said, she has been with the program from the start. Uh, we've been running now for 18 months, which is amazing. We've helped so many people with their SIBO journey. And what Sharon has done is that she has really lent into the program. She has applied the five key pillars to health for her own experience. She's built a dream team of health professionals. And I talk about this a lot, how we often need a team. We need a village of people to help us get well again. And Sharon has built that village of people. So she knows what it's like to go and find practitioners and work with them and but also to have faith in her own body and her own mindset. Uh, she does what is asked of her and she approaches her own treatment with interest and intrigue and curiosity and leans into the times where her body might give her a flare. And, you know, that gives her the opportunity to ask questions of well, why has this happened? What's going on? And look at it with interest rather than with fear. So Sharon will be uh, running uh, once approximately every month, we will have a SIBO Sherpa Q&A session. And that's where Sharon will be running the session. It won't be me running it. And it's your opportunity to ask her as a fellow SIBO patient, as a fellow member of the SIBO coaching program, questions around your own journey, her journey, uh, anything and everything in between. So we are really excited to be bringing you these new sessions uh, uh, for the SIBO coaching program and they start this month in October. I love this quote because it really reminds me around the importance of planning. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail by Benjamin Franklin. And when we think about our holiday season, the lack of preparation can often lead to some 
undesirable outcomes. So let's think about making a plan. How do you want your holidays to be? How do you want to feel over this holiday period? What will your holiday period look like? Who will you surround yourself with? What do you want to eat over the holiday period? How will you make time for yourself? What are some of the challenges that you are facing over this holiday period? Where could you potentially be sabotaged by yourself or by others? And what are some of the positives that you can see out of the holiday period? So let's just think about that for a moment. The more you think through each of these, the more you can start to build a plan around your holiday period. Let's think about that first one. How do you want your holidays to be? Do you want them to be relaxed? Do you want them to be stressful? Do you want them to be full of social engagements? Do you want them to be quiet? It's your opportunity to plan how you want it to be. If you've decided, you know, this holiday season, I really need some time to relax and recharge. I need to really focus on my health. I'm exhausted after the year. It's been a really busy year. My health isn't where I want it to be. So I feel like I need to rest at home. If that's your decision, then you cast that over the decisions you make around saying yes or no to social engagements that you get invited to. So instead of packing out your calendar with heaps and heaps of events and activities and lunches and dinners and drinks, you might say to yourself, I feel that I've got the energy for one or two things each week, but beyond that, that will be too much for me. And then when you have to say yes or no to things, you can do so feeling calm in the knowledge you've already made your plan. How do you want to feel? Do you want to feel relaxed? Do you want to feel happy? Do you want to feel stressed? What are the emotions around and the feelings around the holiday period? And again, once you're clear on what you want to feel, you can then use that to help overlay what you want your holiday period to be like. And again, it can help you make decisions around what you say yes to and what you decline. What will they look like? Where will you be? You know, will it look like you racing around like a crazy thing or will it look like you being calm and peaceful and relaxed and energised? Who will you surround yourself with? Now, the holidays are a funny period of time because we're often forced to spend time with family that we don't have much to do with for the rest of the year. But do we actually need to do that? Could we make a plan that is really about ourselves at this time of year? So if you've got family members that totally stress you out, that you actually don't enjoy being around, could you do something differently this year? Do you have to do what you've always done in the past? Perhaps you really enjoy spending time with friends versus family. Maybe you could do a friend's holiday day so that you can have a really great time with the people that you love, the people that you choose to have in your life. 
I know some of my best Christmases were when I lived over in the UK and I was just with friends, no family. I loved them because they were the people I choose to have in my life, not the people that I was born to have in my life. Think about what you want to eat. Now this, for some of you, might feel completely overwhelming. Do you want to be rigid on your plan? Do you want to allow yourself some freedom on your plan? Before you get into the holiday period, it's, it is really handy to start thinking about what this is going to look like. It also depends on where you're going. How much control will you have over the food you eat and how much won't you have? I talk about how I realized I'd relapsed with SIBO last year after my Christmas spent away with my partner's family. And when I was at their place, I didn't do much of the cooking. I did some, but not a lot. And the food was, there was gluten, there was dairy, there was sugar, there was alcohol. And by the end of that uh, week that we were there, I knew my SIBO had come back. I had really flared up. I was bloated. I felt pretty exhausted. I was constipated again. And, you know, if I had kept going with my more rigid way of eating and I hadn't you know, relaxed my eating style, I may not have known my SIBO had come back till much later because my symptoms were pretty under control. So I see it as, well, it was a good opportunity for me to realize that the SIBO was back and to do something about it rather than to get really cross with myself around, why did I eat that way? I'm an idiot for doing that. I shouldn't have done it because that mental conversation isn't going to help me at all. So think about, do you want to, if you're going to an aunt and uncle's house, for instance, for Thanksgiving, and she makes the most amazing pumpkin pie. And it just wouldn't be Thanksgiving without a tiny sliver of that pumpkin pie. We'll make that decision then. Or you might think, well, I know Rebecca has a SIBO-friendly pumpkin pie recipe, so I'm going to go and make that version and I'll take it with me so then I still feel like I'm uh, having a wonderful slice of pumpkin pie, but it's a version that I know will be a lot easier for me to digest and I either won't have symptoms or I might have much lower symptoms from it. So make that decision ahead of time. Making time for ourselves can feel impossible at times when it, particularly in the holiday season, especially if we are, you know, filling out calendars with a lot of activities. So what I encourage you to do now before your calendar and schedule gets completely chock-a-block is I would like you to block in time for yourself. Now, that might be time to go for a walk. It might be time to go and do yoga. It might be 15 minutes to do meditation every morning or every evening. It might be time to read a book. It might be time to lie in a bubble bath. Whatever it is that you need to do for yourself that recharges and re-energizes yourself, then I want you to go away and start planning that in. So you've got We've got 13 weeks till Christmas. So I'd like to see over the next 13 weeks how you are re-energizing and making time for yourself. Pop in the chat box what you would like to do as your time for yourself, some of the activities that you could be doing. Where could you be sabotaged? 
This is a really important one as well. When we think about what's coming up, where could things go wrong? Could it be our own mindset? Could it be somebody else? Could it be a family member that we know is just a real pain in the backside and gives us grief every year? Start thinking about where the sabotage opportunities are. We'll also talk about how we deal with people a little later on. Now, Sharon has said that she's going to make time for herself through working out and also downtime alone. This is a really important piece, particularly for people who are naturally energized internally versus externally. So the definition of an introvert versus an extrovert is an introvert recharges internally an extrovert recharges through people around them. I'm beyond extroverted. (laughs) I love people. I love being around people. And I find that I get so re-energized by being with others. Although as I'm getting older, I do enjoy my time alone. So I find that going out for social situations can actually be incredibly energizing for me as long as I'm not doing them back to back every week or every night and every week, and that I'm still getting plenty of sleep. But if you're somebody that needs time alone, planning for that time alone over the holiday period is really important. And let's think about the positives. What are some positives that could come out from the holiday season? It might be reconnecting with people that you haven't seen for the last year. It might be trying new recipes It might be testing your body and discovering that you can actually eat more broadly than you have been. It could be, you know, looking forward to giving someone a beautiful gift, whatever it is. And the positives don't have to be all around food. It can be mindset. It can be movement and lifestyle. So think about what some of the positives are. So those of you watching the webinar today, I'd like for you to pop in the chat box what you believe your positives over the holiday season are. And for those of you that are watching along and it's not the live recording of this, I'd love for you to pop in the chat box what you see as some of the positives of uh, your holiday season. Okay, so Heidi has said that some positives are reconnecting with dear family who live far away. Yeah, that's a really great positive, Heidi. And we can, um, we can often not see our family who we love uh, because we get busy and particularly if they live away, if they live interstate or even overseas, um, this can be a really great time to reconnect. And Heidi also says, time off work, yes. Having a break from work is super important. It helps recharge the batteries so that you can go back to work and feel really energized for the year ahead. I think that the holiday time, you know, being the end of the calendar year is a real marker psychologically for us. We can often feel like, oh, just get to December 31st and then it's a new year. We set our New Year's resolutions. Uh, For many people, they'll be going back to work in the new year. So it's a really great time to mentally recharge. And so Heidi, taking time off work, um, you know, thinking about, how you will make time for yourself, what you need to do 
physically to recharge. Uh, if you are traveling and seeing family, you know, how will you incorporate that into your daily and weekly activities so that your your when you do go back to work after your vacation, that you are ready to you know hit the ground running and and have a really great year ahead. So what are some triggers and barriers to uh, us having a successful uh, holiday season? Our mindset is obviously an, a really important component of being successful at this time of year. Are we solution focused or are we problem focused? Now, the difference between those two is where if you are a solution-focused person, you're looking for positive ways that you can work around a problem. You're looking for outcomes. A problem-focused person is someone that is seeing all of the barriers, all of the things that could go wrong. They're not looking at the positive outcomes. They're looking at where things could fail. You might naturally be more of a problem-focused person than a solution-focused person. And so if you can say, if you identify and think, oh, yeah, that's me, I always think of all of the things that could fail, then a way to support yourself to start thinking more solution-focused outcomes is to start writing down what you want those ultimate outcomes to be. So let's think about a problem-focused outcome or mindset with somebody with SIBO. You're going to a family's a family member's house for Christmas Day and you are thinking all they're going to serve me is glutenized food and there'll be heaps of sugar. Um, everyone will pick on me because no one understands why I'm eating the way I'm eating or that no one knows about SIBO. They don't care about it. They're completely disinterested. I feel like I'm just going to, it's just all going to be a failure. I'm going to feel so sick. It's going to be miserable. I'm going to have the worst day. So you can see how that's a problem focused mindset. A solution focused mindset in the same situation would think, okay, well, my aunt doesn't know anything about SIBO, but this is a really great opportunity for me to talk to them about what I've been going through in these past 12 months since I last saw them. I'm going to call my aunt and I'm going to see what food she's making and I'm going to offer to support with the cooking and I will bring some dishes and I will make those dishes SIBO friendly because then I know that I can eat them. I'll find out what protein she's cooking. So it might be a turkey and, and maybe or a roast chicken or whatever it is. And I know I can eat that. So I'll eat that and I'll offer to bring some side dishes and I'll, phrase it in a way that, you know, I am helping take some of the pressure off her that I really appreciate her opening her doors to us for the holidays. And I'm going to bring along some dishes. You might even offer to bring along a dessert because then you know that you can also have a piece of dessert and it's SIBO friendly. What I've done in situations like this, because I've had Christmases with my family and I'm the only one sitting at the table dealing with SIBO, is that I then use it to show off how delicious SIBO food can be. I don't make a big fuss about the fact that it's SIBO food. I just talk about it being food. I don't label it as SIBO food. And one year I made my incredible meringue tower. And if you haven't seen it, it's on the cover of the SIBO holiday cookbook. Uh, it's this 
incredible looking dessert. You make a meringue and you fill it with a coconut cream, or if you can tolerate normal dairy cream, by all means, you could use that. I put some berries in the middle of it and it looks like this incredible red and white towering tree. And I made that as the Christmas dessert a couple of years ago. And it was so spectacular in its appearance. Nobody knew it was a SIBO dessert. They were blown away by it. And yes, it took me a little bit of time to create it because it takes time to make the meringue and build the tower and all the rest, but it was so worth it for that special day. And then on in here in Australia, Boxing Day is, a, is often a really big day. It's often a day where you see other family if you couldn't see them on Christmas Day. We don't have Thanksgiving here in Australia, so Christmas Day and Boxing Day are our two big days. And so on Boxing Day, I had a whole different group of family that were going to my parents. And I also wanted to make a dessert that was SIBO friendly. And I made my gorgeous moist orange cake, which you do in a, you can do in a beautiful bunt tin. So it puts a lovely pattern on the cake. Uh, you drizzle it with an orange syrup uh, glaze. It's sensational. You use a nut flour, so it's completely gluten-free, but it looks incredible. So by making things that look amazing, nobody knows that they're special, special SIBO food. So there's a way around solution versus problem focus. Another thing is self-belief. If we believe in ourselves and we believe that we can get through this period, then we can get through it. If we have conversations internally with ourselves where we start talking about, I'm going to fail, it's going to be horrible, this is going to be such a stressful time of year, well, if we keep saying that to ourselves, it will be. You will make that happen. So really be mindful of what the language is that you're telling yourself internally and your belief system. Now, if you're naturally a problem-focused person, it might feel really foreign for you to start thinking more positively. So what I encourage you to do is to write down some of the positives that you know you could achieve this year. Connecting with your why is really powerful. Why do you want to get well? Why do you want to treat your SIBO? Why do you want to feel better? For me, my why is that when I'm old, I want to be the healthiest, strongest, fittest old lady I can be. I do not want to be a frail old lady that, you know, can't get around, that's in a nursing home or in aged care until, you know, hopefully never, but <laughs> if I have to go there right at the end, I really want to have a very fulfilling life for the entirety of my life, not just in my younger years. And so because that why is really powerful for me, that helps me to do all the little things I need to do each day to get me to being a healthy, happy old lady. And also think about your long-term versus your short-term focus. We've got 13 weeks till Christmas. We've got eight weeks till Thanksgiving. That's pretty short-term in the scheme of things. So we can set some short-term goals of how we want to deal with the holiday season, but it doesn't mean that it has to impact our long-term goals. My long-term, super long-term goal is to be a healthy, happy old lady that's free of disease. 
that's you know got I'm full of vitality that people are saying wow I can't believe she's 85 I would have thought she was 67 you know that type of older lady whereas my short-term goal will be around or my short-term focus will be around so for the holiday season I'm not going to drink alcohol and I'm going to um, eat a relaxed version of a SIBO diet, but I'm going to be gluten-free. If I haven't been able to reintroduce dairy by then, I'll be dairy-free and I'll be creating a lot of my own food, you know, whatever, whatever that is. So that's how you can focus on, you know, here's my immediate term goals and then here are my long-term goals. Planning an organization is really key to supporting us and preventing us from falling over when there are triggers or barriers in our way. And also thinking about our habits and our behaviors. If you can start your habits and behaviors now of how you want to be in the next eight to 13 weeks, you will be so much more well-practiced at it than if you start in the week of Thanksgiving. So if one of your things is that you need to start saying no to things because you always say, yes, I want you to start practicing saying no this week, because as the social engagement start coming through, the more you say no, the more stronger you are at it, the more powerful it feels and the better it feels at saying no, if that's something that you need to do. Stress, and challenges at this time of year can be huge triggers and barriers to success. So what I also want you to do is think about how do you manage stress? For myself, I'm a really emotional eater. So one of the things that I will naturally turn to is food. When I'm happy, I eat. When I'm sad, I eat. When I'm stressed, I eat. When I'm bored, I eat. And I've been working with a new psychologist in uh, recent times where we have been planning out my new behaviours for stress and challenging times. So your homework is I'd like you to write down all of the things that relax you, replenish you, bring you joy, bring you happiness. And then when you find yourself in a stressful or challenging situation, what could you do instead of your old behavior? What could you do that can help calm you, support you, give you rest, so on and so forth. So I identified with my psychologist that my go-to was food every single time. I didn't have an alternative. I just had food. So then we worked out, well, what are some other things that can bring me that much joy but aren't involving me eating? And I wrote down several things. So for me, it is running a bath, making an Epsom salt bath, putting some nice bubble bath in there, uh, sitting in the bath, reading a book or listening to music or putting on some Netflix. I find that really relaxing and soothing. It's also great. The Epsom salts are great to help detox the body as well. Playing with my dog is one of the world's best stress <laughs> relievers. He's such a funny dog. He's, he just makes me laugh so much. So we then said, okay, well, 10 minutes of, you know, getting on the floor and playing a crazy Jack Russell inspired game with him. It 
it immediately busts open my stress. I immediately feel happier. It makes him happy because he gets some time with me. Uh, so it's a really good thing. Walking the dog is also a great way to de-stress. I don't have to go for a big long walk. It could just be around the block. So doing that can be really um, great. Going and having a massage if I've got a bit more time. Calling a friend and having a chat to them. Watching a funny cat video on YouTube or a dog video on YouTube. So there's lots of things that I realised I could do that can provide me with the same kind of stress relief as food did, but now I have this whole kit bag of options, whereas before I only had one. So what I'd like you to do is do that same exercise. What are all the different things that you could do that could help uh, you deal with a stress, uh, with stress at this time of year? Now, just touching back on before when we talked about the positives, Sharon's saying that socialising is the most important. She wants to focus less on food than usual because she's finding that her latest flair has been calmed by really, really pulling back on the volume of food and treats. And that's a really important point that you make there, Sharon, that quite often we can be pushing ourselves too far um, and our body is not quite there yet. And I've been going through that myself recently after the elemental diet, and I've been really trying to push my body quite quickly to reintroduce foods because I go to South Africa in just over a week. It's a week tomorrow, and I'll have no control over my food for two weeks. Now, I've been doing the GAPS introduction diet, and I felt fantastic when I was doing soups and stews. And recently, I've been trying to bring in some raw foods because I wanted to be able to eat salad. And it hasn't been going so well. My body's been really reacting to the less easily digestible foods. And it's been frustrating. And I've been pushing it and thinking, come on, body, you know, you were doing fine with salads before. But was I really? I wasn't feeling great. So I have had to pull right back and I've made the decision that, well, I'll go to South Africa. I'll do the very best I can do in South Africa. I won't stress about the fact that I can't control my food. I'll just make as sensible food choices as I can. And when I come back, I'll just go back into the GAPS introduction diet and go back to stage one. And I'll give my gut the opportunity to really slowly reintroduce foods. I've got loads more just like this coming up after this break. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you. 
As we think about the holiday season, it's also important for us to think about the stages of change and really where you are in that stage of change. And you could go through all of these stages of change throughout the entire holiday season. So step one is the pre-contemplation stage. That's where we're not even thinking about what we've got to do. We're like, don't talk to me about it. I don't want to know about it. It's off my radar. Go away. Contemplation is where we start thinking, yeah, I really need to do something about that. I'll come to it. I'll get there in the future. But yeah, yeah, my gut really hasn't been feeling great. I don't know if I'm ready to do anything about it yet. But yeah, it's, it's time. It's coming up to being time. The preparation stage is, is like the, the name suggests, we start getting prepared. So it could be that we're ready to do our breath test. We're getting ready to go on to one of the diet protocols. We're getting ready to take a round of treatment. We could be like where I was, getting ready to do the elemental diet. So we start preparing for the action stage, which is for us in SIBO world would be our treatment phase. So action is where we're physically doing something about it. We're physically wanting to make change in our body. I'm in the action phase at the moment. I've just gone through the elemental diet. I'm now trying to reincorporate foods. I'm trying to bring back uh, the working order of my gut. I'm really um, motivated and focused on this action stage at this moment in time. Maintenance is the next stage of change. And this is a really important part for the SIBO journey. And this is often one that is missed we go through action phase and then we just want it to go back to life as it was. And I always say to people, why do you want to go back to where life was? Because the way you lived your life led to illness. So why do you want to go back there? So maintenance can be a very different world for you in the future when it comes to SIBO. And that could be around the way, what medications you take or supplements. It could be how you live your life. The five key pillars to health might be a very different uh, picture for you than what they were before. Your awareness will have changed. Your nutrition will have changed. The way you move your body will hopefully have changed. Your mindset will have changed and so will your lifestyle. But from maintenance, we can often fall into the relapse. And this is where uh, I see it commonly. And, and Dr. Alison Seebecker talks about two thirds of SIBO patients relapsing. And this is where quite often we, re we relapse because the underlying cause or causes of why our small intestine has stopped working has not been addressed. And so it allows the SIBO to flourish again. Or if you are addressing it, you haven't resolved it. So for me, I know I have adhesions as one of my underlying causes. I suspect I have um, the issues with the nerve endings because I've had so many um, bouts of food poisoning and uh, gastro illness and parasites. So I suspect there's an autoimmune con component to mine as well and um, and I may never be able to prevent relapse but I might be able to extend the periods of maintenance. Uh, relapse can also happen where people go you know what I've done my treatment and now I'm going back to the way I used to live my life but like I said uh, the way you used to live your life led to illness but relapse isn't a bad thing. In relapse we can learn a significant amount about ourselves. 
Technically, I have relapsed. I first di was diagnosed with SIBO in 2015. I um, very quickly went, I spent a lot of time in a uh, contemplation zone prior to that diagnosis as I was trying to discover what was going on. Um, when I was diagnosed, I went from preparation to action within a day. And then I spent a lot of time in action but when I came out of it, I was a bit burnt out by the whole process. So I didn't actually spend a lot of time in maintenance. I just wanted to go back to living a normal life. Although my normal had changed from what it was prior. And then I relapsed. And I relapsed because in my maintenance phase, I was not addressing the underlying causes of my SIBO because I didn't know what they were for a period of time. And in that relapse, I learned so much about my own experience with SIBO. So I don't see my relapse as a negative. And I often get emails from people saying, oh, I've lost all hope because you relapsed. If you relapse, what hope do I have? No, relapse is powerful. We learn from it. If we only had um, positive situations, how would we ever learn? If you think about the failures that the likes of Steve Jobs and Elon Musk have had, how would they have ever learned how to make an incredible uh, Apple computer or iPhone or fly ro self-landing rockets? We have to fail to learn. So where are you in the stages of change? I'd love for you to pop in the chat box and I'll just put that screen up again. Are you in pre-contemplation? Are you in contemplation? Are you in preparation? Are you in action? Are you in maintenance or are you in relapse phase? So pop in the chat box where you see yourself as being today. I know that I am in action phase. I'm well and truly in action phase. When I go to South Africa, I'm going to be in maintenance phase because I won't be able to be doing everything I need to do right now for my treatment. I may end up in relapse phase at the end of South Africa. Who knows what's going to happen? But if that is the case, then I'll go straight back into preparation and action phase. So Sharon says that she's in maintenance phase. And Sharon, yes, you are. You've been in uh, action phase for a really long time. And after recently getting that very exciting all clear SIBO breath test, you and your doctor are now in putting you in maintenance phase. And that is a completely different journey for you. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that experience goes. Heidi says that she's in action. She's trying to introduce new foods slowly so she can finally successfully get to the maintenance phase. And slow and steady wins the race here. Now, if I wasn't going overseas, I would be going so much slower with the food reintroduction than what I have tried to do. And my body was clearly, has clearly not been ready for me to introduce some of the things that I have. I've been testing dairy and eggs and you know, both of those things are just not responding well in my body. I've been having some histamine reactions. So my body is, is very clearly still saying, hey, I'm really not ready for you to do that. So Heidi, the slower you can do this, the better for you. And starting small. So when it comes to introducing new foods, a teaspoon at a time 
you can start with a teaspoon, start with a quarter of a teaspoon if you need to and slowly build up from there. I'm trying to bring back in some fermented foods. So I've been making sauerkraut, fermented and pickled vegetables. Um, I've made some homemade dairy yogurt, which did not work for my system at all. Uh, I've made a coconut yogurt. I have fermented some fish and I'm just having a spoonful, like one teaspoonful a day. That's all I'm able to tolerate at the moment. In time, I'll be able to have, you know, maybe a quarter of a cup of yogurt. Uh, maybe I'll have a quarter of a cup of sauerkraut with a meal one time in the future. But uh, a teaspoon is a good enough serve to get you going. When we think about relapse, a relapse doesn't necessarily mean um, a slip up. And it's definitely not failure. Like you've seen in the stages of change, it just means it's a growth and learning opportunity. Now, we might have slip-ups over the holiday period versus a relapse. So a slip-up might be that we have made a plan, we go to our aunt's house for Christmas Day, she's made this incredible dessert that we just love and we think, to heck with it, I'm having it. We might consider that a slip-up. It doesn't mean you've relapsed. Have a think about where you might have a potential slip up and I'd love for you to pop that in the chat box. And let's talk about what, how that might, uh, how you might work around that slip up versus um, seeing it as a relapse. And also tell me, does the concept of relapse and or slip up terrify you? Does it not bother you at all? How do you feel around that? I'd love to hear. Okay, so Heidi has said, um, do I have any recipes for making fermented foods? She's never made them. Yes. So I've been testing out recipes and I'll be sharing them uh, with you guys. I wanted to make sure they worked before I shared them and I wanted to make sure I didn't poison myself. <laughs> And they're all working really well. Um, I do have a 24-hour yogurt recipe on my website already, so you can grab that recipe. Uh, so Heidi said feeling socially pressured to eat fam a food family has made um, to complement them, be part of the group. So um, Heidi, you did miss the beginning of the webinar today, but we talked about making plans. So when you watch the replay, I'd love for you to think about how you can plan for these family situations and talking to your family around, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm really focused on recovering um, and regaining my health. I've been feeling so sick of recent times. Um, what I would love to do is really support you with the cooking what are you planning on making this year? And I'll make sure that I, um, I'll, I'll let you know whether I can cook it or I'd love to bring a dish so that it takes the burden off you and then um, I can enjoy it as well. Depending on your family, um, you know, I've had some people, uh, friends who have really used this opportunity to learn some new recipes. So I share my recipes with them. I'll say I can eat anything out of my cookbook and give them my cookbook is a gift. And then it means that when I come over, when I'm in, in an active phase of my um, circle of change, that they then know I'll just cook anything out of here for Rebecca and she's going to be fine with it. So, um, you know, I, when I first wrote my cookbooks, 
everybody got gifts <laughs> with my cookbooks because then it meant that all of my close friends and family could cook for me without worrying about it and people really enjoyed doing it so you might be surprised you might uh, have people that are really happy to learn some new recipes um, Sharon says having Thanksgiving and Christmas away from home um, will be challenging and I remember Sharon last year you traveled for Thanksgiving and there was also a family wedding as well at the time so you had this kind of big uh, gathering that was a pretty special deal um, and I remember last year where we talked through how you could plan for it. So going to the local supermarket and getting some food that you knew you could tolerate, speaking with um, family members around what they were cooking, um, discovering that there were going to be dishes that you could eat. So again, looking, do, I would be recommending doing something like that again. Um, we can often make this feel bigger and more stressful than it actually is. One of the things I've learned is when I'm really open and I communicate with people about what I need and what I'm doing, most of the time they're incredibly supportive. And those people that aren't supportive, I then think, well, I don't need to spend a lot of time with you and I'll just sort myself out. So, uh, you know, the only time that's really that I can think of off the top of my head when that's happened was uh, going to... Um, a friend's house for dinner and I wasn't even doing my SIBO diet then, I don't think. I think it was just before I knew I had SIBO but I knew I had a lot of tummy troubles and I said, oh, tell me what you're making and I'll just see whether, you know, if I can eat it. And she said, oh, I'm doing pasta. And I said, oh, well, I, I've been gluten-free for about 10 years and she was like, oh, well. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, so do you need, uh, I guess I'll bring something then. I was quite taken aback by it. And I was like, shall I bring something then? She's like, yeah, it's best if you bring your own food. I wouldn't even know how to start with gluten-free. And, you know, initially I was incredibly hurt because I would not do that to somebody else. But I had to remember that the way I manage and handle situations is not how other people do. And I had to look at it from her shoes. She doesn't have gut problems well, she probably does, but doesn't know it. <laughs> Her whole family have some skin issues, so they do have gut problems. Uh, she didn't know she had gut problems. She had never had to think about gluten-free before. This was about 10 years ago, so it was a, it was a long time ago. Gluten-free now in Australia particularly is a lot more popular than it used to be. Um, so for her, it was just complete overwhelm. She was busy. She had kids. She was like, don't even ask me to think about anything else. So once I got over my own ego being hurt and tried to think about it from her perspective and realise, hey, Rebecca, it's actually got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with what's going on in her life. I just made some pasta. Um, I made my own version of a gluten-free pasta I knew I could tolerate. When I got there, I heated it up. I ate with them. It felt like I was still eating with, you know, the same meal with them. And I knew I wasn't going to feel sick as a result of it. And I tried to bring empathy and compassion to it rather than feel really hard done by. All righty. When we're thinking about the road to change and the road to health, we often think about it being a straight, flat line where there are no bumps and curves. 
where there are no hiccups, speed bumps, catastrophes, disasters or relapses. But the reality is the road to recovery is full of hairpin turns. It's on a sheer cliff face on icy roads. We can feel like we're about to fall off the edge at any moment. And sometimes we have to turn back upon ourselves to go forward. There are a reason why we have yin and yang, light and dark. If you look at the way the world works, it's not all one thing. We have seasons. We have spring, summer and autumn or fall and winter. There are reasons why we have this ebb and flow. We have tidal changes. Everything works in harmony from you know, light through to dark. So think about your health and your recovery in that way. If you were only in light, if you were only in 100% positive, if you were only in pure health, you may never learn the lessons you need to learn to actually achieve your goals. So when we come to the social situations, we might experience enablers, mockers and saboteurs. And here's an interactive exercise for us. So I'll read out these comments that we can often get um, said to us. And then I would like you in the chat box to write what you are tempted to say, and then we'll talk about how we could handle it differently. So if someone says, just eat it, it's not going to kill you. That is something we can hear all too often when we're dealing with SIBO and other situations. So what's something that you might be tempted to say? And Heidi says, you don't really get it. Mine is probably a bit more X-rated than that. It might contain an expletive where I'm like, beep off. <laughs> Uh, I can often, the old me used to get really annoyed with people saying that. I'd be like, have you not, if you lived in my body for an hour and you had to deal with the pain and the bloating, then you would know it feels like it's killing me. It feels like there's an alien trying to escape from my abdomen. Okay, so we've got the expletive from me. We've got Heidi saying, you just don't get it. What's something we could say differently when someone says, just eat it, it's not going to kill you? So something that I have uh, said to people is been, I've just been really honest with them. I've said, unfortunately, my body has become really intolerant to a lot of foods and it feels awful. I look pregnant. I feel like an alien is about to rip its way out of my guts and it is not worth it. There've been times when I've been in business meetings with my marketing business and, you know, someone might um, put lunch on. Now I'm very good at communicating what I can and can't eat these days, but at times I haven't been so good. And I have, you know, perhaps gone into a meeting and, you know, they might've put sandwiches on. I mean, that's just a little powerhouse for pain for me, eating white bread and processed meats and cheeses and things like that. Um, and now the old me would have just eaten it and dealt with the consequences, which would have been incredible brain fog, exhaustion, extreme bloating, gas, which then is embarrassing. Um, so now I'll actually say to people, you know, and I was in a situation recently where we were talking about what I could and couldn't eat for lunch at a meeting. And I said, you've engaged me to, to bring my A game 
And in order to bring my A game, I need to eat food that will help me be really energized this afternoon. So for me, the, the foods are things like protein and salads and vegetables. Unfortunately, if I eat um, sandwiches, I will be asleep on the floor in two hours time. And you don't want me to do that now, do you? So I really phrase it around differently. So Heidi's saying, not that she would say this, but she's saying, but because of SIBO, uh, like others, she have lost so much weight that it actually um, became scary that I wouldn't make it. And, yeah, this is, this is a really important one as well. When we are underweight, um, we can feel like it is actually going to kill us. Um, if somebody is using the guilt, but I made this just for you, Oh, we'd love a little bit of guilt thrown at times, don't we? Some people are experts at it. So, again, we might be tempted to co uh, comment really negatively like, well, you know, but, I, but you know I can't eat that. So let's think about this empathetically. Yes, somebody might have gone to a lot of effort for us. So let's, in, let's acknowledge that. Thank you so much. You know, it means the absolute world to me that you went to all of that effort to make that for me. I'm so sorry I can't eat that at the moment. I just, I really want to have a great day with you. And unfortunately, if I eat that, I'm going to have to spend the next three hours in the bathroom and you don't want that and I don't want that. Um, but what I know that my partner would love a slice of that. So I'd love to take it home and he will eat it for instance. So we're acknowledging that they have gone to an effort, but we're sticking to our guns. We're, we're staying firm with our commitment to ourselves. Heidi says, this is a great one, Heidi. I would love to take it home and freeze it so I could eat it when I'm healthier. And this is a really great option as well. Now, if somebody is insistent, you must have it, you must take it. There's Nothing wrong with saying, sure, I'll take it and I'll have it later. Um, or you could even say, oh, I'm just so full right now. I couldn't eat another little bite. I always think of the Monty Python sketch, not one wafer thin <laughs> more and blowing up. So, uh, and I'm a big Monty Python fan. Um, it always comes to mind. But you could, you could say, I'm, your food has been so beautiful. I'm so full. I couldn't fit another bite in. But I would love to take it home with me and I'll have it later. Now, you don't have to eat it later. You can throw it in the trash if you need to or you could give it to somebody else. But it still will help them to feel like you are acknowledging the, the effort they went to and, you're, and that you are taking their food as well. Um, another one, you know, some people just don't understand digestive illness if they haven't experienced it themselves or they might be experiencing it but they don't want to know about it so things like why are you so picky it's not like you've got cancer or anything or isn't this food good enough for you um again often these comments are coming from a place where somebody feels like they're not validated or that you haven't or that they've gone to a lot of effort and that you're not acknowledging it so I find one of the best strategies for these people is to acknowledge them. They often they just want to feel wanted and acknowledged and that you appreciate the work that they've gone to. So saying things like, thank you so much for the effort you've made. It just looks incredible. I'm so happy to have been invited here. You know, I can see all of the work you've gone to at decorating the house or laying or setting the table. 
you must have cooked for days and days. Sometimes just doing that simple acknowledgement of the effort and the energy that they've gone into can soften this situation out completely. And then you can step into the, I'm so full, I couldn't eat another mouthful, but I would love to take some home with me, or, you know, I can't wait until I can eat this. And, and I'm, and I promise, you know, I'll, I'll have a, a slice in the future. And you might like to even, you know, when that day comes, if it is something you could freeze and, and that you can then keep it and take and have a taste of it in the future, why not take a photo and send it to them and say, you know, like I promised, let's say in February or March and you're ready to t try something, take a photo and send it to that family member or friend and say, you know, finally, I'm finally able to eat that and it was absolutely delicious. I'm still thinking about what a wonderful Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever uh, holiday festivity you're there for. Um, you know, it was such a wonderful day. So there are ways around dealing with these people. We need to set our boundaries. and we start doing that by setting the goals. So right at the beginning of today's session where I talked about goal setting and really thinking through what you want your holiday season to be, that really helps us to, to firm up the boundaries that we're willing to, to live within. So to be successful in boundary setting, it's a combination of empathy, empathy, empathy for others and leadership from yourself. So it's kind of like a masculine and feminine approach to um, going into these situations. And like we were just talking about, think about what these other people are doing, have gone through the energy and effort they're expending to host a, a, a holiday day. Um, so be empathetic to that, but also feel empowered to be strong and firm in your own decisions. Stating your boundary can really help to set boundaries with these people and you might need to start setting your and stating your boundaries well before the day itself so when you are speaking to this aunt for instance who's hosting Christmas day or Thanksgiving um, by by allowing them time to prepare mentally physically whatever they need to do around the way that you are eating will help to set the boundaries you might also decide that this Christmas or Thanksgiving that you don't want to eat off plan. You might decide you do, and that's fine as well. But let's say you decide you don't want to eat off plan. You want to stick to the diet protocol that you're following and you want to um, stay true to it. So then it will be about what other foods that you can eat and supporting your relatives or friends with um, information around that and offering to bring a plate or a dish or some dishes. By saying to them your boundaries, your why, and what your intention is, by the time that day comes around, it's not a surprise to them. Whereas if you turn up at somebody's house and you have not told them what you're doing, why you're doing it, what the long-term uh, goals are, then they will be sitting there thinking, oh, how rude. She has not uh, appreciated all of the work I've gone to. I've been cooking for three days. And so it will be very confronting and upsetting for them potentially. So do give people time and notice to um, be prepared for your different way of eating. But like I said, decide ahead of time what you are happy and willing to eat. 
And like we've talked about, there might be a dish that just is Christmas to you. So for me, one of those dishes is Christmas pudding. I make Christmas pudding every single year. Um, I soak it in rum and all sorts of things. Uh, there's about a billion ingredients in it. It's full of dried fruit. There's sugar in it. There are eggs in it. Um, you know, there's generally gluten in it because uh, I use breadcrumbs and flour. And it just is Christmas. And that with homemade custard, with dairy, uh, you know, and I make custard from scratch. Um, that to me is Christmas Day. Now, I've had Christmases where I've decided it's not, I don't feel well enough to eat that Christmas pudding, but I still make it and everybody else eats it. And then I came up with my own Christmas pudding for SIBO. It doesn't contain the dried fruits, but it has uh, the spices and you make a custard. So it's very similar and it gives that feeling, but it just doesn't have the sugar and um, the fermented uh, and uh, dried fruits like a normal Christmas pudding does. Whereas other Christmases, I've thought, no, I feel good. I feel really good. And so I'm going to have one slice of Christmas pudding and one serve of my homemade custard, and it will be on Christmas Day. And that's it. And then my, I'll give the rest to my parents. They love it. They eat it daily <laughs> over the Christmas period, and then they can eat the rest of it. But I still get to go through making it. I put on Christmas music when I'm making it, I get into the spirit. And so I still feel like I get to experience it. So, so think about what you are willing to do and what are, you know, where your boundaries are before you get into this time. But what if you relapse? So as the Japanese proverb says, you fall down seven times and you get up eight. And that has been my mantra with SIBO that every time I've fallen down, I just have to pick myself back up again. So if you relapse, like I relapsed last Christmas, well, I don't think it just happened at Christmas. I just became aware of it at Christmas. Remember the cycle of change. A relapse is just part of the cycle. And is it truly a relapse or is it just a slip up? Reconnect with your why. It might be time for you to get really deeply connected with that why and get back on track. It might be time for you to make a new plan. Your old plan might not be working anymore. So maybe it's time for a new plan. And also what can you learn from this relapse situation? When I think about my own relapse, I learned that one of the really key fundamentals for me with SIBO treatment is actually around addressing the underlying cause. For me, I am not somebody <clears throat> who can just do a round of treatment and have SIBO gone forever. And that's because I am completely adhered and constricted with adhesions and scar tissue in my abdomen. And I've also had multiple food poisoning incidences. And if I had it available to me, I'd do the blood test to see if I've got the antivinculin and whether there is an autoimmune condition um, as well as the adhesions. Also, think about how did you feel? So we can be incredibly tough on ourselves when we have SIBO. Did you feel that bad? So when I think about last Christmas, I had an amazing time with my partner's family. We had such a good time. There were laughs. 
Uh, we had some fun games. I mean, there was one night where we were playing this game and we'd been drinking some wine. I'd probably had two glasses, maybe three glasses, which is a lot for me these days. And we were laughing so hard that I had tears just streaming down my face. Now, laughing to that point is powerful. It releases such incredible endorphins. So was the fact that I ended up bloated and feeling a bit fatigued really that bad or did I have some amazing times with it? So I felt great a lot of the time and yeah, I felt crap a lot of the time. So it wasn't all bad. And really, is a relapse the worst thing in the world? And when you really think about it, quite often it's not. Quite often it can be a really positive thing. And remember, symptoms don't equal a relapse, particularly if you're trialing new foods that you haven't eaten in a long time. You may well get some symptoms occurring, but that doesn't mean you've gone backwards and that you've got a full SIBO um, situation again. You might, but you might not. It might just simply be reactions to food rather than SIBO. So if you do decide to have some foods that are off plan over Thanksgiving and Christmas and you have some symptoms, don't freak out. That could actually just be a really normal part of the process. So you totally can have a successful holiday period where you have a wonderful time with your friends and family. You eat delicious food and it can be really fun. So the key takeaways to having a successful holiday period is number one, guys, make a plan. Preparation is absolutely key and paramount to your success over this period. I want you to be really clear on your why. Why do you want to be healthy? Because when you're very clear on your why, that will really help you to make a plan and to stick with it. Communication is key. Tell your friends and family what you're doing, why you're doing it and what you need from them, but also ask them what do they need from you. Now, some people might need to know recipes because they do want to cook for you. Some people might need to know, well, what is this diet? What is this thing called SIBO? Find out what they need from you. The fourth thing is make time for yourself. We've talked about this earlier. I want you to go away and put in your calendar and your schedule all of the things you're going to do for yourself over the next 13 weeks until we get to Christmas and beyond because in 13 weeks, it'll be a really great habit. So definitely me time is a really key component of having a successful holiday period. The fifth step is connecting with like-minded people. The SIBO coaching program is a great platform where you can connect with like-minded people. And for those of you uh, that are part of the program, then you've also got our private Facebook group as well. And do use that private Facebook group. That is where you can go in and ask questions, post challenges, share successes and highlights, share recipes. It's a place for you that is safe Everybody in that community has SIBO and they've been part of the SIBO coaching program. Trust the process. That's step six. So have your goal, make a plan, be clear on your why, and then 
put it into um, practice and trust the process. Every time you say yes or no to something, you will get stronger at doing that. If your process this time round is to stick to your nutritional protocol, every time you say no, you will have more strength to say no for the following time. And start each day afresh. Wipe the slate clean. You cannot change the past. You can influence the future, but you're living in the now. Make decisions for today. Don't worry about what you did yesterday. If you ate off plan yesterday and you'd said to yourself you wouldn't, put it in the past. Wipe the slate clean. It's like having a, a chalkboard, a blackboard, rub it down, write it clean and start that new day afresh. What is your goal for today? Is your goal to eat on plan? Okay, we'll go and do that today. And that, my friends, is the end of the uh, getting ready for the holiday season. So it's over to you now to ask questions if you've got any questions. Um, I hope that that sets the scene for you in terms of what we've got coming up over the next 13 weeks. So as a recap, we'll be looking at um, helping you get mentally prepared for the holiday season with your goal setting and your planning We'll be doing meal planning so that you can be really comfortable in what you will be physically eating. We've got some really fun live and interactive cooking classes and anyone in Melbourne is welcome to come along to them and, uh, and enjoy the delicious uh, <laughs> recipes. And we had a really fun one when Sharon was in Australia and I had a bunch of people come over and uh, help me cook and then enjoy the food afterwards. So it was really fun. And we'll also be having our group coaching sessions and our SIBO Sherpa uh, sessions as well. So there's a huge amount of support for you guys over the next 13 weeks. And I really look forward to bringing you, um, getting you to the end of the holiday season where you feel fantastic, you feel confident, and that you've been able to stick to the plans that you've put in place. So does anybody have any questions for me? I can't see any in our, um, in our chat box. Uh, Heidi has said, thank you for the fantastic ideas, Rebecca. Really important ideas for us to follow through with. They are. And there's some homework there for you as well. So I look forward to uh, hearing, um, you know, some of the homework pieces do come into our Facebook group and share them with the rest of the group. Uh, what are some of the things that you will be doing that will make time for yourself? I'd love to hear that. And how often are you going to make time for yourself as well? And Sharon says, always helpful. Thank you. Okay. So without uh, further ado and seeing it doesn't look like there's any questions coming through, we'll wrap up with today's session and we've got uh, our session next week coming up. Uh, same bat, bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today, guys. As, uh, as always, it was a pleasure bringing you a, uh, another um, SIBO coaching program webinar. Have a great day and night wherever you are in the world. Bye, everyone.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode on the Healthy Gut Podcast. If you haven't gone and watched the video, make sure you do. It really brings today's episode to life. And like I said at the start, this was one of my SIBO coaching program webinars that I wanted to share with you. So head to thehealthygut.com forward slash podcast and you'll be able to see the video there. Don't forget to sign up as a member of the Healthy Gut Podcast so you can get access to the full transcription of today's show and all shows in season. You can sign up at thehealthygut.com forward slash podcast. And make sure you come and say hi to us. We love hearing from you. Do leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or the app you use to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and some words around a review of what you love about the Healthy Gut Podcast. And we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Twitter, and Google+. And we love connecting with you on those platforms. So do come and say hi. You've been listening to the Healthy Gut Podcast with your host, Rebecca Coombs. To learn more about the Healthy Gut or our podcast, head to thehealthygut.co forward slash podcast. We would like to thank Red Lemon Productions for the production and original music score of this podcast. To find out more about their services, head to redlemonproductions.com. The Healthy Gut Podcast is a production of The Healthy Gut. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.